Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Hey, welcome to the podcast. And I am really excited to share this episode with you because what I'm gonna talk about today, I have a guest. What we're gonna talk about is something that we don't often talk about, which is one of the reasons I love having a podcast. If you are someone who is around my age, I'm 44, and sometimes you have some symptoms in your life that things just start to change, like maybe you get some brain fog, maybe your anxiety starts to increase, maybe you're waking up in the middle of the night, actually, which isn't something that we talked about with my guest, but that is like a thing that's happening now is there have been nights where I will wake up and I can't go back to bed. And I've talked to some of my friends and we joke about how I guess we're just at that age now, but maybe that's like, maybe there's more to that. Maybe we actually need to start asking what that means about being that age. And so that's why my conversation with Sylvia, I think is going to be super interesting for you to talk about and think about what kind of things are going on in your life, what kind of changes are happening in your life and what can you do about it. So check out sassy underscore with style on Instagram and you will find Sylvia. Sylvia is a breast cancer survivor who inspires and educates midlife women to take control of their health and embrace menopause through education, empowerment, and humor on her Instagram account at sassy underscore with style. After her mother passed away from ovarian cancer, she got tested and discovered that she carried the BRCA gene mutation. This put her at high risk of ovarian and breast cancer. As a preventative measure, she decided to get her ovaries and fallopian tubes removed, and this put her into surgical menopause. Has anyone ever heard of that? Through research and experience, she put her efforts into a natural healthcare journey while learning more about menopause and embracing and celebrating the season of transition in a woman's life. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. And I really hope that you will take some information from what Sylvie has to share. Put your health a priority because what she says is we need to be our own self-advocate when it comes to our health. So I hope that you'll do that. I hope that this episode will motivate you to just ask more questions and know that you deserve to have better health and that a lot of it is up to you, but you can do it. So enjoy. Let me know what you think. Nice to meet you. Thanks for reaching out to me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. Right. You have a good weekend? I did. I had a really good weekend. Yeah. It was in the weather. Like, I feel like every day that it's warm now is a shock. It's like, wow, it's still summer's like really trying to hang on. I know. I'm still walking around barefoot in the backyard and stuff. And then uh, this morning I went in the backyard. I'm like, oh, maybe I should put some flip flops on, but uh, whatever. Ah, we're, we're diehard Canadians. We'll walk in snow barefoot too. <laughs> yes, I've been there. <laughs> so you're in Winnipeg, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm in North Kildonan. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm in Garden City. We're probably like five minutes away from each other. 
There you go. We'll, we'll go for a coffee one time. Yeah, sounds good. I guess just to kind of start off our conversation is, did we meet through the Made to Grow? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I first saw you as a speaker. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Great. And so tell me a little bit about your story. What is your message? Why are you showing up on social media? What do you do? <laughs> well, as in life, things are constantly changing. And what happened originally has now changed and evolved into something different. So originally, the reason I got out there and shared my story was because 16 years ago, my mom passed away of ovarian cancer. And even back then, there wasn't a lot of information about ovarian cancer. And uh, before she passed, the doctors asked if uh, she wanted to take part in this genetic testing. And of course, being her daughter, she's like, yes, of course, if I can help my daughter, you know, not go through this, then I'll go through this genetic testing. And what will the results show? And the doctor said, well, it's something new that they're doing. They're testing for genes to see if uh, family members are carriers of this gene. And when the gene mutates, you have a higher risk of ovarian cancer and breast cancer. So my mom said, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's do this. So she ended up passing away. And the results took about two years after she had passed. And then the doctors called me in and said, these are the results of your mom's blood test. So yes, indeed, she was a carrier of the BRCA gene mutation. So what does that mean for me? Or what does that mean for our family? And you have a 50% chance of getting the gene mutation from either your dad or your mom. And um, because my mom carried it, that was the obvious. So do I want to be tested? And I said, well, no, I don't want to be tested. I'm healthy. I, I exercise. I eat well. Like, I was very naive. I, I didn't really know anything about this gene, and I didn't really want to know at that point. So fast forward about uh, seven years after that appointment with the doctor, Angelina Jolie comes up. So she starts uh, talking about her BRCA gene mutation that she inherited from her mom. Her mom passed away early at 55 of ovarian cancer. Um, so she's being proactive and she's going to have a double mastectomy and in the future have a preventative uh, hysterectomy. So backing up a bit, again, these are, these are suggestions from the medical community. And if you do these things, then you're known as what's called a provider. Ovarian cancer is known as the silent killer. There's not testing that you can do for it. There's no screening that you can do for it. You already have the ovarian cancer in your system in order for the blood test to, to come up and show a positive. There are some symptoms that you should be aware of, but again, there's no actual screening. For breast cancer, there's screenings, there's mammograms, there's, you know, self-breast examinations, there's trips to your doctors, there's MRIs, there's, you know, lots of things that you can do for breast cancer screening. So uh, Angelina Jolie comes out. So I start thinking, I'm thinking, well, I have that same gene that she has. Maybe I should go and educate myself a little bit more on this. So go to the doctor's office. Doctor said same thing, double mastectomy and oophorectomy, which is removing your ovaries and your fallopian tubes. So I thought, well, I'm not having kids at this time. I was in my late 40s. I said, you know what? I'll wait with the breasts because I think I can still screen and do things like that. And then I'm just going to go ahead with the oophorectomy as a preventative. So these are all preventative prophylactic surgeries. What they didn't really talk a lot about was after I had my ovaries and my fallopian tubes removed, I would be thrown into what's known as surgical menopause. 
So it was kind of a twofold. I was talking about being a previver and blogging about that because there wasn't a lot of information again out there. Like what is a previver? So you're preventing or you're being aware that you're a gene mutation carrier and how you can prevent getting cancer down the road. But to throw in the mix, I had surgical menopause. So now I had all the symptoms thrown at me. It wasn't a progressive thing. It was an everything at once thing. So literally that night I was sick, I was sweating, I was like hallucinating, but I had never had surgery before. So I thought, oh, well, it's probably just the, you know, general anesthetic. Meanwhile, as I'm starting to read more about previvership and healing and menopause, all these things kind of came to a head and I went, why is nobody talking about all these things? And why can't I talk to somebody about this? So I actually reached out to somebody's wife that my husband had worked with who found out she was a carrier as well. And I said, hey, like, what, what are the things that you're doing? And did you find out that, that you know, you, you're menopausal all of a sudden? And like, like, what's going on here? And she just, she basically said, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go on my own journey and I don't want to talk about it. And I said, well, I'm so sorry. I thought that you were okay for me to talk to you. I said, I need to, I need help processing this. And, and for me, talking to another girl, woman, is, is helpful with sharing our experiences. So that's what really spurred me on. I thought, no, I need to be proactive. I need to start a blog. I need to start telling everybody that I know in my circle of friends, in my work environment, that this is what's going on and any and all information is welcome. So please share with me your stories. So yeah, that's how it all started. That is so interesting. I mean, I, I really believe in finding our purpose and feeling into our purpose. And like, who knew that you would have that fire for that information going through this experience where you could have easily been like the woman that you reached out to where you're like, I'm not talking about this. I go in my grave with this, right? <laughs> there was something within you that was like, no, let's talk about it. So that's really amazing that, I mean, obviously not amazing that you had that experience, but we all go through certain experiences for a reason, for a purpose, mm -hmm. and to bring light to all of the stuff you're talking about to me is foreign language. I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm kind of blown away. So I really appreciate you reaching out and bringing this conversation. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow is right. Holy shit is right. I'm glad I can swear on you. Yes. yes. Anything you can say to get off your chest, now's the time. Absolutely. Like I've never heard the word. Actually, I think I have heard the word mastectomy, but so interesting because I, I don't know these words and it's it's because of what you're saying. We don't talk about these things. Your own doctor probably doesn't necessarily discuss perimenopause. Perimenopause is a new thing too. And that just means you're 10 years prior to menopause. Most women reach menopause at around age 51 or 12 months after they've had their last full period. So perimenopause basically just means around the time. Yeah. But you know, there's all these buzzwords and they're throwing a lot of stuff around, but do they ever discuss what that means? and what you can do to prepare your body because this is a season of life that all women are going to go through and you know how do i prepare how do i some women suffer with symptoms incredibly and and others breeze through it mm -hmm. with this surgery i had everything thrown at me at once everything and it was a really difficult time it really was and so when you go see the doctor, oftentimes again, and they'll just say to you, oh, well, do you need an antidepressant, dear? 
no, I need answers. <laughs> I need to know what's going on, you know, and, and give me some tools that I can, I can figure out what's going on. So I ended up doing a lot of research on my own. Yeah. Amazing. So how old were you when you had this surgery? 49. And what do you think the experience or did you have any symptoms at all that you now know as perimenopause prior to the surgery? Not really. And again, like I, I felt I was leading a healthy life prior to all this stuff going on anyways. Not really. No, not a lot. Not a lot of the symptoms. I actually, I know TMI, but I actually had my period the day of surgery. So I was very regular with my period. I was very fortunate that way too, that I was regular. But uh, I had, I remember saying, well, you know, uh, sorry guys, I've got my period here. And they're like, don't worry about it. Like, it'll be your last one and whatever. But Again, that was like me hanging on to that little piece of normal before I even knew what was happening. It's like, what does that even mean by making that comment? Comment, yeah. As I was listening to your story, I started to get like really riled up about the patriarchy. And like, these are the reasons we don't have these conversations is what I believe. Is a lot of shame has been brought around what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a young woman at any age, having her period, sexual pleasure, menopause, tampons, like... All of the things, all of it, all the things. All yeah. of us women struggle with is like something. What's that word? Is taboo to talk about. I'm so sick of that shit. I'm so sick of that. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I I have to say though, I've had female physicians, so I think it's the education system as as well, right? So the level of education, and as an individual, as a doctor, I mean, what is your patient interaction? I remember going to the to the doctors, and again, I don't understand this, but whatever. Every month you have to go, or every six months to get a prescription of birth control pills, and you know, you phone, you book your appointment. And you sit there and, you know, the joke with my girlfriends and myself were, oh, so what can I do for you today? Well, I'd like to have sex for another six months. So can you <laughs> a prescription for birth control pills. But, you know, like, why aren't they looking through your chart going, oh, I see you've been on pills for that. Or, or you're married for four years now. Like, are you family planning soon? Because maybe you should be off the pill or, or whatever. Any sort of an educational thing around yeah, the yeah. path is not built around supporting women. And no. like I reiterate my comment, it's the patriarchy because doctors' schooling was created by men for men, right? Right. And yeah. so continue. Yeah. So, I mean, women going into that industry is, it wasn't made for them. I yeah. mean, thank God they're there and things are changing slowly and women are doing amazing things, but that's where we've come from. So that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. So yeah. what, um, what would you say are some of the common symptoms that women are experiencing that they have no idea is perimenopause? Some of the top ones I would say is brain fog. Sometimes uh, they'll be complaining that they can't remember things. Uh, when you're full-blown menopause, I'd sit there and go, I, where's my, what is this? What is this? And then I couldn't think of the word pen. So then you're thinking, oh my God, I have dementia. Like your brain just does these weird things. So brain fog for sure. Um, again, hot flashes. Hot flashes can be brought on by different things. Anxiety, alcohol, exercise even, exercise induced menopause. And I remember going to hot yoga and people saying, well, why are you going to hot yoga? It's so hot in there. And I'm like, well, I'm sweating anyways. I might as well sweat somewhere where it's doing some good. So if I'm going to have a hot flash, I might as well have a hot flash and hot yoga. But uh, night sweats where you wake up at, you know, between the hours of one and three and, you know, your sheets are soaked or whatever. Yeah. So those 
those are some of the things to to look out for in perimenopause and your changing of your period for sure you're going to start getting heavier and clumpier and uh sometimes spotting and sometimes like you have a period for a week and then two weeks later you've got your break and then another period it's like what the hell's going on i'm usually every 21 days now i'm kind of irregular so definitely changes in your period changes in your breasts things like that Mm -hmm. So interesting. I think in one of your previous interviews that I listened to, I heard you talking about visiting with a naturopath. So I'm curious why you did that. But also I did that maybe four or five years ago. And it was because things about me were starting to change. Some of them were brain fog, like, holy shit. Like, I always felt like I had this tight thing around my head. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not normal. I shouldn't feel like this. Anxiety definitely increased. I think I've always had a little bit of anxiety. But yeah, I mean, I think as a life coach, and because of my own practices, I was able to manage that really well. But I recognized that my anxiety had increased. And then also, it may have come a little bit later, but the night sweats, and I always get the phrase or the phrase or the title, whatever hot flash wrong. My friends always laugh at me. I'm like, what's that called again? When you get that (laughs) Like flash <laughs> and I love this kind of your blog. I'm so glad. So, so I was experiencing some of these things. I recognized I don't have women in my life. My grandma's passed away. My mom and I don't have a great relationship to, or you know, the language to talk about any of this. So I went to a naturopath because I didn't want to go to the doctor and just have the doctor say, "Here's a prescription for something." Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a naturopath in your in one of your talks. So where did that come from for you? So I think in all things we have to be our own healthcare advocate for sure. So the fact that I went to a natural path was kind of a different twist to the story in that I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2020. So I didn't opt for a double mastectomy. I did screenings and then I'm a huge advocate for self breast examination and I actually found my lump. So again, early detection is the key. Now, again, our medical system will say, well, you have breast cancer. Here's what we suggest. You have a double mastectomy. You have radiation and you have chemotherapy. And because I've done so much, it's like going back to school, honestly. Um, And there's still so much to learn and there's so many changes all the time. I decided not to go with chemotherapy. So I had surgery and I had radiation, but I didn't want to go with chemotherapy. So then I thought, well, how are they going to monitor me? Because once you're done, you're out of that system, you're out of that loop. And so I thought, well, I'll reach out to a natural path because again, my lifestyle is all about being a little bit more holistic more in tune with your body, more in tune with nature, you know, physician heal thyself, all the tools are there, I just need somebody to show me or direct me. So then I ended up reaching out to a natural path in Vancouver, who was very good. Again, my stress level was up up to here. Um, When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I wasn't sleeping and um, he was very good. And then we found again, Things appear when you need them, right? I found on Facebook a doctor here locally in Winnipeg that specializes in breast cancer and other specific cancers. So then I phoned him and made an appointment and the journey went from there. Wow. 
Wow. So is it appropriate? Does it make sense for me to say, I'm sorry for your experience, your cancer experience? I don't know. Nobody knows what to say, really. So I think if those are the words that come to you, of course, I'll, I'll accept them and, and thank you. And, and, you know, this is my journey. This is my story. So nobody wants to be sick. You know, I think all illness comes from a root cause. So for me, it was a matter of finding out the root cause. So I acknowledged my cancer. I worked with it. But I'm moving on now. You know, even though they say it's a very aggressive cancer that I have. And every cancer, they give you a five-year survival rate. That's just, again, the medical system. They give you five years to survive. But I always say, see ya in 55 years. Like, I'm, I'm good. So, <laughs> so nobody knows what to say, you know, because every journey is so individual, Jessica, that, um, yeah, like, what do you say to someone? Like, geez, I'm sorry to hear that, right? So, yeah. but let's move on. Let's move on. It's, it's a moment in time. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And so you've had the mastectomy? No. So I ended up opting for what's called a lumpectomy. Here's another word for you. <laughs> uh, so a mastectomy is removing one breast. Double mastectomy is both breasts. Or you have the option of a lumpectomy where the surgeon just goes in and removes the uh, uh, diseased tissue and lymph nodes as well around the diseased tissue. They test the lymph nodes to see if there's any cancer that has spread. Wow. Holy smokes. So what would you say is your health experience now? I think the most important thing for me to remember in my health experience is to have a positive mindset. I think mindset, you know, sets the tone for so many things. And I'm constantly, like I said, educating myself, learning, you know, what what else can I do or, or what can I tweak? And again, this is an experience in my life. Life is full of blessings and life is full of lessons. And I feel that this was a lesson that I needed to learn and understand and, and grow and move forward from. And I've got lots of living to do. So, you know, each layer of us is, is so complex that that's what makes us who we are. So this is all part of my story for sure. Amazing. So I, I want to get some words from you that like women can really identify where they might be and what they can do about it. So if you were to talk about like things that you were experiencing so that would have been the anxiety the brain fog the night sweats so you were experiencing that stuff immediately when you came home from the surgery so oh yeah if you went from experiencing that and then based on all the work that you've done with your mindset with your advocating for yourself and your own health now you experience this how would you say those two things? So you went from where and where did you go? Well, I went from a lot of the symptoms, because like I said, when you have surgical menopause, everything kind of happens at once, to just learning more about my body. So the first thing I would start with is, and these are all lifestyle changes. These aren't short-term fixes. This is, an, and, and some people don't like the word journey. I know my one girlfriend said, if I'm going on a journey, I want to go to Hawaii. Like, this is not a journey. <laughs> this is not a journey or my idea of a journey, but it is. And, and that's why I use the, the wording, a phase of our life. It's a season of our life. And it, and it should be a celebrated time. I mean, it's, it's such a great time. I mean, I'm, I'm loving where I am now. But 
where I was. So I learned more about my body. How can I tweak my body? What's going to help me with my menopause symptoms? Another thing that women, you know, first thing they say that so I have menopause belly or I ha I'm gaining so much weight. Well, why are you gaining so much weight? Because our hormones are changing. So why are our hormones changing? So you need to understand that whole process. What am I eating? Am I eating whole foods? Am I eating processed foods? Am I eating good oils, good fats? Or am I eating bad fats? What time of day am I eating? Do I understand intermittent fasting or do I understand about fasting? What does that mean? How am I exercising? When I was younger, cardio, cardio, cardio. Like I I go do, you know, an aerobic workout at lunchtime and I'd ride my bike to and from work, which was an hour there and an hour back. So, you know, now cardio, get lost. I can't stand cardio. I love riding my bike, but it's like, you know, I'm like a cartoon character. Oh, that's a pretty house. Oh, look at that house. <laughs> I, I don't give her anymore. Good exercise. Yeah. Yeah, so it changes. So the type of exercise that you're doing or, or, or changing, you know, weights. This time in our life, we need to be doing weight-bearing exercises, hugely important, you know, for osteo and our bones and, and all that stuff. Carbs, you know, are you eating a low-carb diet? Or are you, you know, eating, what is your meat intake? Like, there's just so, so much. Detoxing, I use methods, dry brushing, sauna, hot yoga, cold plunges. So again, that's very helpful for your hormones, uh, cold showers. So like, it's an ongoing pleatherly of how can I make my body the best and most efficient it can be so that I age well. Yeah, I love, so I yeah, I love that you that you put that because I feel like, again, in my life, there was no one like, that's what I was thinking. I was just like, I'm feeling all of these things. I feel young in so many ways, and but my body's doing this, so what can I do? And that's why I started seeking. And I love that you are doing the same because it's not, again, it's not one of those things that people talk about. And, yeah. and I knew if, I'm, if I feel like there is a desire for me to know more, the answer's out there. I just, oh. I knew so much information nowadays there's so much information but again that's where you have to be your own advocate like where's the resource coming from for this information do they cite where they've gotten these resources from i mean there's so much stuff on youtube it's crazy and and influencers you know like hi you know i take these whatever apple cider pills because they're awesome and here's your 15 percent off discount which again <laughs> not not a bad thing because i advocate for products that i use but i'm gonna tell you that hey I've been using this and this is why I use it and it works so if you want to try it that's up to you kind of thing but the information is out there it's just a matter of you educating yourself for sure again when I found out I had breast cancer okay let's go I I must have watched like hours and hours of YouTube videos with my husband then went online then went to the library remember the library I <laughs> uh, bought books and again, just reached out to different people. You know, what was your experience with this? Why did you do this? You know, just talk, talk, ask, ask, educate. Yeah. And so on your social media, so sassy underscore with style, you're helping women do what? I'm talking about menopause, midlife and uh, women's wellness issues. So I do have some girls that are in their 30s uh, following me when I was checking the stats this morning, actually, because I talk about self-breast examinations. And again, I talk about just being well and having that healthy lifestyle. But again, 
definitely uh, geared towards menopausal women going through changes, what you can look for and midlife. So you've got aging parents, you've got older children, you know, what, what all, you know, are you juggling in that time of your life? Maybe you've got career changes going on. So uh, yeah, and I like to throw in a little bit of humor along the way. So <laughs> and what are you hoping that women will do? Like, do you have um, like a call to action for them? Where can they start? I, I think the call to action would be, how do you want to age well? How do you want to age? Because when we're in menopause, we still have about 30 to 40% of our life ahead of us. So the average age of a woman in North America is anywhere between age 84 and 86. So what are you going to do with that time? That's like 30 some odd years yet that you've got like... Oh, well, I'm in menopause. Here's my rocking chair. Or I'll wait till my retirement and off I go. You know, what kind of a life do you want to live as you age? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be strong? Do you want to run around with your grandkids? Do you want to dance at your children's weddings and have all their friends go, yeah, <laughs> you know, what do you want to have a good relationship? Like, it's the whole package. It's not just one thing. But I think aging well, aging strong in mind, body and soul would be the call to action. Lovely. And I think what I will add to that is for myself, when I started seeking how I can better improve my life, it was because I want to feel good in my body. I want to feel strong. I want to be able to do things that I want to do. And I want to feel strong. I want to feel good. I want to like my body. And I feel like that alone is a journey for women. We have such a battle with our bodies in general. One of the things that I've had all of my life because I have my first someone as 19 is stretch marks. And for years and years and years, I hated my body. And now I love my body, but Good. it's a journey. I like that word journey. I use that word too, because I, I think <laughs> most women can relate to that. So yes. the next question that I'll ask you, and again, based on the lack of information and maybe the lack of support the lack of awareness, all of that stuff that you were thrown into because of your surgery. Is there something that you would advocate from government based on care that women should receive that, they, that we don't? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I would go back to education again and what the docs, what the medical students are getting educated on. And I'll, I'll use dentistry as an example. Uh, I'll just switch, switch healthcare for a moment. They don't get a lot of coverage on nutrition, but yet they're looking inside somebody's mouth all the time. So the food that you put in your mouth is going to affect the microbiome of your mouth, of your teeth, of your of everything. So going back to the medical practice, again, treating the whole body. I think they should get more education on treating the whole body as what is the root cause, as opposed to writing those prescriptions. And that's a whole other podcast on pharma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you again for sharing your story, sharing your experience and reaching out to say, hey, I want to talk about this because clearly you want more women to hear this message so that they can recognize all of the things that are perimenopause and do something about it and know that they're worthy of actually doing something about it. So thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you for having me and letting me share my story. 
Awesome. Thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast. Miigwech, ekosei, merci. I want to take every opportunity that I can to tell you that you are worthy. And if something in this message resonated with you, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And send a link to your sister, your best friends, and your cousins, because if there was something in this message that resonated, then they might want to hear about it too. If maybe taking a screenshot is your thing, share it on your Instagram story, and don't forget to take me at jesskadumas.ca.